Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 96 with our guest, Joe Trotten. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Our guest today is one of the UK's leading mindset experts for entrepreneurs. Simply put, if you don't understand your mindset, then you won't make it. Now, I can personally attest to this since I struggled for years, decades really, trying to get to that next level and kept hitting the same wall over and over. It wasn't until I finally understood that I am the common denominator in all this. And until I change what was going on in my mind, nothing else was going to change externally. I quickly found out through taking practical action that I cannot tweak my business unless I tweak my mind. That's why I'm so excited to welcome our guest today who is going to dissect all of this for us. Help me welcome our guest. It's Joe Trodden. What's going on, Joe? Hi, how are you doing? How you doing, Josh? All good, Massey. Thanks. All good as well here. So let's get right into this. Um, put all this in context for us right out of the gate. What is mindset as it relates to an entrepreneur's success? Okay, well, in, in short, I mean, mindset is effectively this internal map in your head of how the world makes sense and what your place is in it. So your mindset is really how you react to the things that are happening around about you, your approach to challenges, what you believe that you are capable of, and also a huge part is self-awareness. So everybody has a unique set of strengths and abilities. And unless you actively seek them out, you know, you don't really uncover them by purpose. That's why a lot of people end up in jobs that they don't like, right? Because they're trapped in a particular path. So mindset, this internal map, all about how you react to the world, how you see your place, and the self-awareness of knowing how you can maximize your potential in it. I love that you bring self-awareness into this because, again, that was something that was a big light bulb for me as I was going through this journey and really, like I said, hitting that wall, not getting to the next level that logically I thought, well, 
I should be there. I could be there, but I don't know why I'm not. So I go back to the drawing board, create something bigger, better, harder, more expensive, cheaper, whatever it was, just trying to put together something that somebody would respond to. And I put it out. And now, of course, not that didn't work. That over and over again, I'd still be angry and frustrated and resentful and all those things. Selling myself that false story that I sold myself for decades and until I started, mm, wait a minute, I think there's something up here. And then I realized self-awareness is also key. What exactly does it mean to, to be self-aware? How do we know if, if, if we've arrived? I think you're, um, one, of, one of the key things to look at there is really about re reflection, you know, self-reflection. So if there are listeners out there that are, are not doing that at the moment, just do it. Just set aside 10 minutes in the week to just reflect on what has actually happened. Because we get caught on the, that hamster wheel of just ne like now and next, and, now, and sometimes even just next, you know, let alone the now. And if you're reflecting back and just going, so when did I feel at my best? What was I happy about? What would I change? Why did that happen? I mean, you know, to go into to mindset, and um, it's, a, it's a massive topic, right? Mm -hmm. So if people are new to it, I mean, I think that's a really good starting point to look at that self-reflection. Because you know, you know when you know you are connected, right? You know when you're in one of those flow moments, flow moment where you're just totally connected to what's going on. You feel energized. Your brain chemistry changes. There's a guy, Stephen Kotler, who's I don't know if you know him. He's a massive expert in in that. Um, but like at a physical level, everything changes for you. But you know when those moments are. So reflection, I think, is a key thing to start. Yeah, I, I. I so agree with that. And what I also found helpful, uh, I'm sure you could attest to, is that when you're reflecting, you have to come at it from a place of honesty sure. and, and no emotion, right? And like no excuse. You have to take full responsibility. All sure. of that has to, be, has to be prominent in order to, while you're making the self-aware assessment in order to begin to adjust the thoughts in your head. I think um, emotions always going to come into it. It's super, super hard to be like fully objective about it. But the, the point you make about responsibility, um, that, that's key. I mean, if somebody's going to make it as an entrepreneur, or if they're going to make it at all really, but especially for entrepreneurs, this whole thing of responsibility like this situation happened it's well what could you have done in that situation and again that's all about the self-awareness you know are you reacting in a particular way because your ego's under threat there do you, you feel that you know your you, that fight or flight response is being triggered because there's just part of your identity that's being challenged and questioned and you don't like it the, uh, what my favorite around this because there's a few of those things um like the inner critic you know this nagging voice of doubt that we've got actually lives in your dorsolateral prefrontal cortex in your brain there's science that shows there's a particular part of your mind that that lives in but the, the one I like the most is young Carl Jung um, psychotherapist psychoanalyst uh, the shadow self I just think that's a really nice way to put that that's sort of that's the, the the dark side of you that sometimes you're afraid to face up to but the only way you can get beyond it is by taking responsibility and going into a dialogue with it you know, listening to what it's saying and responding to it. So responsibility is, is massive. 
Yeah, for me, and I talk about this a lot. Uh, wow, my my two amazing children today. I have a five year old daughter, a three year old son. Um, without any knowledge that this was going to be the case, they very specifically, to my surprise, really helped me shine the light on myself because they come into this world so perfect, so endearing, so loving, uh, the whole range of experience and emotions. And I'm still angry and frustrated responding to them. Eventually I realized, my goodness, I can't do, this is not the kind of father I want to be. This is not going to end well if I keep doing this. So I then had to, they, they shined that light through all my action and I couldn't yeah. continue to take those actions. And I realized that, wow, I, why am I so, I'm not angry at them because a three-year-old spilled some cereal. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's not, it's not his problem. That's not what I'm angry about, but it triggered it such, such, such a response in me. So I was like, what is, what is going on there? slowly but surely. So that's the honesty and responsibility. It is not about anything here. I've heard it put this way. When you're angry, you are never angry at what you think you're angry about, right? Anything out here, it's all in here. So until you can really take that honest assessment and take responsibility. So with that, how do we know if we have a mindset problem? If you're not thinking about your mindset, you have a mindset problem. Fascinating. Go ahead. If you're, if you're not, then you're just on autopilot. And but, hey, believe me, I've, I was on autopilot for the longest time as well. Um, and I think for, it, was, it was just accumulation of little bits and pieces rather than being like a, a total crisis moment or anything. Some, for some people, I see that it goes on a, you know, a, a real inflection crisis point. But I remember the moment. There was a specific moment walking into work one day and... Uh, you know, I'd worked the same route into, I've walked the same route maybe a thousand times over the, you know, the last few years into work, just totally going out. I was just like, I just do not care what happens here today. Um, I was working in IT projects and it was just, um, this just doesn't make any difference to my life at all. And from that point forward, I just started opening the door a bit more and a bit more. Um, I went to, I studied a psychology, because I knew I'd always been interested in people's heads. Studied a psychology degree while I was still working full time and then worked with young people coaching and then with entrepreneurs. And it's always, it's just always been shaping towards where I'm now, which is where I'm really happy, you know? So I would say that if you're, if you're not thinking about your mindset, if you're not actually feeling I am working towards something meaningful for me, then you've got a problem. I mean, this, this is, that's like step one. But then if you want to really excel in your field, and of course, that's still a journey I'm on. I'm not saying I'm the peak of my field. Then you've got to sort of niche on to really, where are you superhuman? And we've all got something in us. We've all got these superpowers. You know, where are you superhuman? What is it that you're going to leverage to get to the top of your field? Just very quickly, because I love this guy. There's a guy, Paul, Paul Erdos. He's a, he was a Hungarian mathematician, so he's, he's dead. But um, So he was like, so superpowers on his math that there's something called the Erdos number, which is how closely you collaborated with Paul Erdos. So if you wrote a paper directly with him, you had an Erdos number of one. If I wrote a paper with you, I had an Erdos number of two because you'd wrote a paper with Paul Erdos. And it was just like when you get to sort of that level of expertise and you feel like, hey, who knows about this guy other than I'd read about it, right? But when I read about him, I just thought that's so cool to get to the peak like that where you're so recognized in your field, but yet still so niche. So 
where you started with mindset was really having that clear vision and knowing you're working towards it. But then what is the, the unique ability that you've got that's going to push you up to that next level in all fields, especially entrepreneurship? Yeah. And what's so wonderful about this, and you said this too, uh, is that I often look at this, this current journey of mine as uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm in recovery. And really many ways I am, but that's to say, this isn't just something you work on for a little while or sometime, and then it's on autopilot or you just move forward, right? This is literally a day in and a day out practice. But you know what? I love it. That makes me feel good. I love <laughs> keeping the habits that over time, slowly but surely, uh, you know, I, I had all this series of habits going back when I realized, oh, mindset, and I got to get this right and self-aware, whatever I called it at the time, but that's what it was. I realized, well, honestly, I'm doing a dozen plus things throughout every day that aren't really good. Now, if I can just acknowledge that I'm doing them and find a reason that I want to stop doing them. My kids help play a bit. Oh, look, those are two great adorable reasons right there. I'll start there. And let me slowly but surely replace one bad habit with a better choice habit. And uh, it's now a daily thing that I enjoy my life and I'm doing the things I like to be doing. Uh, but it's, a, it's, it's an eternal journey, like you said. Do you know what I think is uh, really cool is, so I don't, I don't have any kids of my own, but it's certainly not parenting I don't think would be my superpower. But um, what I do think they provide is that um, the reflection of like honesty and purity, you know, because like you said, the point you raised around when some, they've done something wrong, they haven't done something wrong, you know, like they're just learning and growing. And, and then when you take that onto yourself, I just I think it's an interesting point because of the, if we talk about entrepreneurship and like that curiosity, and the playfulness and allowing yourself to sort of explore and do things. This is the thing that gets lost as we go through our sort of education and through our careers. And I just, it, it, I don't know, it just sort of struck me in my head there is that real reflection of what it means to sort of just go back to the basics when you've got young kids like that. Mm. And you see the, the, that, that purity, that essence of humanity almost in them, you know? Mm. Well, let's go back to the basics. When you're working with somebody or for those listening in right now, what is one of the first things that they can do to get properly aligned and going down this path of, okay, I got to get my mindset in order? They've got to have a vision first. I mean, it gets talked about a lot, you know, it gets a lot of airtime having the vision. But if we're talking about, are we talking specifically about entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I'd encourage them to do is to have two vision points so one is the peak point that is the furthest thing that you can see now don't put any time on that so mm. some people go oh, what's your five year what's your 10 year the problem you've got with that is then you've just given yourself 10 years to get there right so you've lost all sense of urgency by going oh well sorry right. i've still got 10 years to do this so your peak point as far as you can see don't put time on it and then bring that in to a 12-month vision point so you've got a target so if that's the peak where do you think you can get to in your 12 months? So that, that's your starting point. Now, I'm assuming, obviously, that they have an idea of what it is that they want to go out and test in the marketplace. Because if you don't have the idea, you know, you're not going to be an entrepreneur, right? You've got to have a problem that people are actually trying to solve, not just something that you quite like, a problem that people are trying to solve. But assuming that you have that, I would start with a peak point vision, bring it into the 12 months. 
And then it's, it's just understanding. We've got a model where you just look at the sales and marketing, the product, the infrastructure, which is like your finance, your teams, all of that stuff. I think it's a really handy thing just to score yourself as you go through your journey in those three different areas. You know, there's, there's so much stuff because it depends on the stage that you're at. Like there is so much stuff out there and there's, things are only applicable at certain uh, levels. So all the stuff about like what's your customer acquisition cost and your lifetime value and all that. See, we're in the startup stage. I don't know. Just, just forget it, man. Just like try and get the stuff out there and get somebody who cares, you know? Mm. And then in the, the next phase, in your growth phase, you start to put a bit more structure and strategy and your infrastructure around it and your team around that as well. It's only when, when you're really going for that, that big investment raise. I know it's slightly different in America, but in this country, you know, you're kind of one million, two million, well, maybe half a million raise. Like the big raises that you really need to get all of that strategy nailed. So to answer, to answer your question, those two vision points is really where, obviously, start with a problem that you want to test in the marketplace. But those two vision points are really key and something just to score yourself about how you feel in those, those key areas. Because, again, without all three of them working in conjunction, you can forget it. When you're working with clients in this to, to get their mindset in a better or different place so they can reach a certain level of success that has been eluding them because of the mindset, sure. perhaps generally speaking or most commonly speaking, what do you see is the biggest cause, the biggest issue, concern, or fear that people are, are holding themselves back with? It just, it just depends on the person, but it's all, it's all fear, right? Mm -hmm. Or just a, a lack of willingness to own up to certain things. So That's I have entrepreneurs huge. that are amazing with people, and this is a superpower, and they should be leveraging that, and they do. But then their strategy and the structure is terrible because their, their minds are not set up for that. So what you've got now is people that are really enthused, but nobody knows what they're doing. And likewise, you get people who are brilliant at creating that structure and the strategy around it, but they don't know how many kids you've got. Or, you know, they don't ask you ever what you were up to at the weekend. You're almost like a, a, a resource to be used rather than a person. Not in, not in like the most extreme way, but it still creates, a, a, you know, that kind of culture. The biggest problem, I guess, overall is still that fear of failure. You know, I don't, I don't really think there's any way to get around that. There's a lot of people that will be talking about... Um, you know, don't be afraid of failure and, you know, that's okay. I don't know anybody that feels that it's okay to fail. I think the difficulty that um, people create in their mindset, though, is that their definition of failure is a bit skewed. Mm. I talked about, like, the curiosity, you know, being able to go out and say, hey, I'm just trying to find this thing out. It's very easy to find uh, yourself in a point where it's like, this absolutely has to be true because I've pinned my whole identity on it. And I think that's, that can be a real challenge for entrepreneurs. So I think um, the biggest mindset blocker, it, it does vary, but it's clinging on to that idea that there's so much that it becomes intrinsic to your own personal identity because you need at some level to keep them separate so that if one fails, you don't feel you failed as a human being. Does that make sense? Mm. Oh my gosh, yeah. If, if one fails, you don't feel like you failed at a, as, as a human being. And we put so much on that, like, um, if I do this, how is it going to look, right? And we put all this, how do we, why do we give so much weight 
and value to the negative thoughts and detrimental outcomes and so very little to those positive ones. Well, what if this happens? Yeah, but really, what if that happened? Imagine that. Well, you know, you know we're hardwired for um, loss aversion. So I don't know if you've seen studies by Daniel Kahneman, but you know the, the studies that they've shown are around you are like twice. Uh, you'll, you will feel the loss twice as hard as you feel the same gain. Mm. So we're, we're always for this loss aversion. And they believe it's evolutionary because then if you've got a thing and it will keep you alive, then that's great. And why would you risk that to go out for the other thing? Mm. The other thing is obviously the social acceptance. So we are social creatures. We look for the social acceptance. The big, the big challenge is though that it's almost like the big secret here is that nobody really knows what they're doing in this space. <laughs> so you know what I mean, like uh, this whole um, sheen and bubble—it's just a myth. Right. Nobody knows what's going on, man. Um, so the whole thing so that true. people think is what is going to get you respect, like oh, I've got whatever that you know this sort of following and you know. I've got uh, whoever it is as a partner, blah, blah, whatever that thing is, you know, it's just, it just doesn't really matter. Um, and again, when I work with my clients and we put them together, the refreshing culture that we've got there of, you know, th this is what's real and what's going on. And sometimes it's really tough and, but it's just reality. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk more about something you just hit on is that um, it, it's so true is that we, we become so self-conscious of what we're going to do and we project, oh, if I do this, how might, worst case scenario, how is it going to look? And I'm going to be abolished sure. from the group and made fun of and look and social acceptance, you said, so true. Um, and like you said, nobody knows what, what they're doing. We're all bumbling around. I actually have this uh, talk that I give on the topic of embrace your awkward. And I make the case that we are all fundamentally awkward as human beings, individually speaking, especially behind closed doors. Watch yourself. Become self-aware of who you are, what you're doing, all your little nuances, how you think, what you say, what you do, how you act alone. We are awkward <laughs> and it's comical and it's fine because that's that's what makes us individual people right so yeah. if you can embrace your awkward and realize we're all awkward nobody's got this thing figured out everybody has their own level of insecurity and the sure. need to be accepted and liked keep it in check in, in check put more out there and for me i was scared out of my mind that if i just stepped out of this box that i put myself in that i felt like people labeled me as I felt that people would re, uh, retaliate and shun me and, you know, come at me with sticks and stones, right? But what happens is I don't see those people now. What I see yeah. are people like you surrounding me. And now I, all I see are the great people that I'm part of and that I've sort of become alongside the people I want to spend time with. Sure. Sure. Hey, it's confirmation bias as well, right? So you, you see what you want to see. If you've got that negativity going on um, and you're not taking responsibility, you will construct that reality for yourself. And like I said, like, you know, I touched on earlier, that, that moment of awakening. I mean, how, how was it for you? Did it feel like it was, you know, was it a specific kind of tipping point or was it just over time a bit like me? How, how did you feel that you came at that moment? Slowly but surely, then there became a tipping point, but it started from just like peeling back the layers and becoming self-aware and making the choice that, my goodness, I got to get this right. It, 
inadvertently for better or worse, my children really became that why they, they, they put that in front of me. And I think if you're too comfortable and you just say, Oh, I got to get this right. Oh, I got to I got to change. I got to adjust. I got to do things differently. If you really don't have the reason for yourself, you're not going to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, there just became enough of a reason. It became a compound effect, one thing yeah. over another thing. And then I found a, uh, um, um, a community of people that I sort of resonated with. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, these are my people. These people get me. I get it now. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of learn more about myself in this context, put it all to play and slowly, but surely things work. But like you said, is there's, there's, there's a lot more to go and a lot more to uh, continue to evolve into. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a key message that's out there as well. Look, as it can be quite hard to find those communities, particularly a real one in the entrepreneurship world. Mm. Um, they, well, they exist because I run one, <laughs> but you know, they, they are, they are tough to find. Like where they're really having those honest discussions because of this whole thing that's wrapped around what it's supposed to mean to be an entrepreneur at the moment. And that any entrepreneur should be, Hey, you should be going for your series A and your series B and, Oh, don't give away your shares. You know, at this point, just go on your own journey, man. You know, yeah. if somebody's amazing and, you know, get, get a bit of an agreement going, but do you know what I mean? Just yeah. get, get people involved going. There is no playbook for this stuff. Yeah. There, are, there are strategies that you can use and there are frameworks that you can use, but it's about you, how you adapt them and use them for yourself. Yeah. Another great example, uh, like you said, the entrepreneur communities, for example, could run the gamut um, and you have to, you have to be okay with that. You have to find one that really speaks and resonates with you. Yeah. Quick example is um, I spend a lot of time in some podcast specific communities and I realized that a podcast could be done so many different ways. Every host, um, you know, puts focus on different things. For example, there's a lot of like focus for, for some hosts on the audio engineering aspect of it. I don't really care about that. So I just, you know, take it for what it's worth and they're trying to get their levels right. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the approach I want, which is fine. So I just step aside and let it go and contribute and look for what, you know, what, what, what I value. Yeah. How are your levels? (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna share it to josh you know i'm not too sure you you learn you learn from all of them it's that thing of like you take what you want you know you might be in a conversation like that and you go well actually even that compound effect right so i could just use five percent of of what you're saying but it's the willingness for people to engage in that type of dialogue and to learn from those different styles which again pulls us all back to mindset you've got like somebody who's in that arena who is obviously super technical. You know, it's almost like the, the enjoyment is coming from the technicality of getting these things right. Mm. Like it's a studio production. Which is great, exactly. And you get people that are like, I just want to ignite passion in others. You know, we, hey, we'd be, I would be doing this, talking to people in the park if it wasn't for podcasts or... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and it yeah. just depends how you leverage that stuff, yeah. man. And then also, um, no matter what, you know, if, if we're talking about these groups or communities, so often you will be on the receiving end of something and it will really anger you and rile you up and you'll get involved or you'll want to get involved. And it's like, why? Why? Let's, let's go back to self-awareness, right? What is, what is this trigger here? Why, why do you care? It wasn't about you personally, or even if it was, it's not about you, it's about them. Really take that and say, oh my God, I, 
it, it's no way to live. You don't have to, you shouldn't. The goal is to really work through that and say, what, why am I getting so emotionally invested in this? Sure. I mean, listen, listen to the, the feedback. You don't need to act on it all. You know, people have got their own agendas and some people are just really terrible. Some people are going to have great feedback and just be terrible at how they deliver it. Again, because of their, they need to be more aware of that communication style, right? So you take somebody who's really technical, typically they're not that great at giving the feedback because they will just deliver the message. Here is technically what is wrong. But somebody who's more of an empath is going to understand but then they might dilute the message a little bit so that it doesn't land properly. And this is this whole thing about mindset, just being part of everything, understanding how am I thinking about this problem? How do I think about this situation? How am I communicating? How do I lead? You know, it's, it, and it all builds on itself. So you don't need to overanalyze every single situation you find yourself in. But at the start, we talked about the reflection, you know, and like you say, to say, well, what angered me in that situation? And just let your emotions subside. Did that person have a point? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, you know, but it's about controlling your emotion. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to talk about the, again, from your point of view, if you're working, do you see any, any difference or is there a lot of universal elements uh, between, let's say, the type A entrepreneur, the perfectionist, or somebody who's a little more creative and just wants to, you know, see what they can come up with? Do you see like a whole host of differences when it comes to ex executing on the mindset issue or is it all generally the same? So you will have these, um, I don't know if you know Myers-Briggs that well. I mean, it's, yes. it's quite it's a common framework, right? And uh -huh. um, there's, there are many, many levels to it. Like you can take the test and go, oh yeah, I'm a bit like that, which you should do if you haven't done it. But you know, it, it goes a lot deeper than that. But there's a type there, um, ENTP, which is extrovert, uh, big picture, thinker, and P is someone who will just roll with the punches and doesn't plan too much. That type is really successful at the early stages, um, ENTP, ENFPs, because they're extroverted, they'll go out and they'll get people involved, they're big picture, and they can roll with the punches. But then as the business starts to grow and you need that bit of structure around it, you start to need people to balance that out. So what I see is that you get people who will overplan at the start. Um, Jay's, Jay's a Myers-Briggs type. Like they'll, they'll overplan and they won't take the action because they're trying to create this perfect plan. Hmm. And these other guys who can handle a bit more chaos will go out there, not exclusively, but just as a generalization. But then they'll get the traction in the marketplace. But it's like I said before, then they can inspire people and bring them in, but nobody knows what they're doing. So unless they're aware enough to then go, I need somebody who's going to provide that function for me, then they don't, I see them not make it to the next level because people get excited and the bigger they start to get, the more people start to come in, the more chaotic it becomes, the more things get missed and deadlines get missed. And, but it's just understanding that, that awareness. So if, if you are one of the sort of more introverted types with the, the planning, if you can push yourself to take that action, you actually have an advantage at the next stage. So when it, when it comes to these entrepreneur types, I really see different people at different um, stages of their growth. You know, yeah. handle the chaos at the start because it is going to be chaotic. You're just going to have to see what sticks. So like Mike Tyson said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And you, <laughs> will, get punched, you will get punched in the face repeatedly um, as you try and go into that marketplace. Your first plan sucks. I'll tell you that right now, it sucks. So get out there and test it. 
and then let's see what the real plan is. And the, going back to the podcast analogy, there's an analogy in the industry that says if you're just starting out, your first five, first five episodes are going to be terrible. So get yeah. them out of the way, trash them, and then <laughs> launch with episode one. There's so right. much that. Yeah, I, I, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And the, the faster you go out there into the real world, um, the, the better. And nobody, it's like even the, you know, the first podcast or doing your first video on LinkedIn or whatever that is. Nobody, nobody really cares, man. You know, mm. it's not about that. It's about getting the stuff out there to then Correct. build on it and build on it and build on it. So just Correct. take the action. I mean, look, I'm on, we're recording episode 96. This, at the end of this week, we're going to hit 100. Cool, right? That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, I love man. that. Yeah, but guess awesome. what? Um, how did I get here? One episode at a time. Was yeah. episode one great? Was it good? Who knows? But that wasn't the point. In order to get here, which I knew I wanted to do this, and I wanted this to become uh, a Thing consistently which I have shows we've spoken all about consistency yeah. and the importance of that but in order to get here you just have to do it it's not about analyzing each episode it's from learning growing showing up every day and just doing it because I have visualized I have my eye on the prize I know what I want to achieve and I know why I want to achieve it I have some strong aside from my children yeah they're the they're a good daily motivating factor but I have a different why too, why I, yeah. you know, that, that just keeps me going. And you hear that a lot too, find your why. Um, I used to get it wrong, meaning I, I never really, I, I thought I had a why, but you really want to get one that when you look at every day, write it down, take a picture, draw something, something physical, I found very helpful. I have something physical to represent my why. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and every day I look at it, it gives me that, that excitement, those butterflies. So I know that like, yeah, this is it. And then I'm like, okay, focus, right? You're like, that. yeah, this is it. Right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I can see that you mean it. Do you know what I mean? That's why I like it. Yeah, it's not just, yeah. Excitement. Yeah, and the, it's not just something to do. The, uh, the thing, I don't know if you've, um, there's a book called Exponential Organizations by a guy, Salim Ishmael. And, and he talks about something called massive transformative purpose. Now, I, I like Simon Sinek's Start With Why. If you haven't watched it, do watch it. It's, it's good. Um, but I like the, um, I, I prefer, I think, this massive transformative purpose. So with my entrepreneurs, we're doing that in a business respect. You know, what's happening with your business, but also you as a person. So it's all about the people I work with have to have, like, an ambition to do something, like, big. Because otherwise, I work with growth entrepreneurs. So, you know, we've got to be trying to create something, right? Growth entrepreneurs, be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be global domination type thing. But it has to be something that has wow. massive transformative um, purpose. So you just look at what's the transformation. How is the world different after your company is, you know, brought to fruition? After you reach that peak point, how is the world different? And it's the same with you as a person. Do you know, how do you want to make the world different? And that doesn't have to be solve world hunger or, or whatever else it is. It could be like, I don't know, leave, leave the, the, create the world's greatest steak pie. Like, but as long as it's something that's saying it is you know, world class and it can have this big impact. I think people understanding like that massive transformative purpose. I just like the word transformative because it means that you're an agent. Like you are now going to make something happen. You're going to transform a way of things into a new way. And I think that's a really powerful way of looking at things. 
the the brand my brand here the hidden entrepreneur was created on the foundation that i spent a lifetime hiding in fear showing up as the version that i thought others expected me to be can you share a time from your life personally where you were just frozen in fear but you knew you had to make the moves to uh achieve what you needed to achieve i think um the that that sort of change point for me leaving um corporate land so i left corporate land to go and set up a, a social enterprise um in edinburgh and it meant that there was there, you know we got a, a bit of funding at the time but there wasn't like super wasn't super stable income i wasn't sure how that was going to work out um I don't know if it was like if I was totally frozen with fear at that point. You get these micro moments, I think, of where you are just about to have a difficult conversation or you are going to speak in front of an audience. Like there are these kind of micro moments of fear. Um, and it, it's even as an entrepreneur, I mean, it just depends how sensitive you are to that stuff. So as an entrepreneur, what's the, my cash runway? What, three or four months, do you know? It's still always the same. It's still like there isn't huge piles of cash everywhere and regular income. Um, there's stability there, but depends again on what it is that you want to do. I've got people that are on a million turnover and the cash runway is three months. So it just depends what your relationship is to fear. I, I, I don't know that I've been frozen with, uh, frozen with it. Mm. I, I think I've just accepted the risk. The benefit I've got as well, though, is that I, I'm not, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. If I happen to have to go and, you know, live in a cellar from a soup kitchen or something, like, I'll do it because the dream is too strong. You know, I can't go. I could have gone back to, um, to corporate land. But the dream is too strong, man. The mm. pool is too great. I love you keep calling it corporate land. Yeah, I know that land. Good land, right? Now, now you're no longer there. It, but it, it's, you know, it's, um, it's the right place for, for people as well. Do you know, the, the, the challenge you've got in corporate land, yeah, I'm conscious I'm saying it, but the challenge you've got there is that you've got people that are actually misaligned there as well. See if you just took everybody in corporate land and then got them to understand what that purpose was and where their superpowers were, how their mindset worked, and put them in the different roles. Mm. All of that would change as well. All of that landscape would change as well. But the challenge you've got if you're the running one of those companies is your people don't know themselves a lot of the time because they're not thinking about their mindset. They're just thinking, this is the thing I'm used to doing. So mm. I'll keep doing it and maybe try and do it slightly better. So even, even that world could be shifted entirely if people woke up to their mindset. So should we take people from corporate land and send them to Legoland? I don't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that might be better right yeah this uh, I, I there's amazing people that are in um that space as well and it's not i don't see it as like a, an either or and you know it's not all the gray suits and whatever else i just think that there's there's a lot of misalignment everywhere mm -hmm. if everybody was doing the thing that they were like born to do if everyone was using their superpowers and connected to their passions the world's problems would disappear like that. Let's tomorrow. talk about that. You've spoken about superpowers, superhuman, finding and leveraging your unique set of abilities you mm. say that are programmed in your brain. Walk us through this. How do we identify? How do we know if we found them? What do we do with them? Where do we begin with that? 
finding and identifying? What, what, what does that mean, our superpower? So if, if you look at the way that people's minds are wired, so at a biological level, you're talking about neurons, myelin coats neurons, so myelin then speeds up certain circuits in your brain. So at a biological level, you've got this massive, there's 100 trillion connections inside your brain, right? So if you were to lay dollar bills end to end, that would stretch from Earth to Saturn and back six times. Like that's how many connections you've got, right? Now, I can't go too far, you know, I, I can only give you, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg on this. But you think about all of those connections, right? And they're not even the same. They're not always the same connections in people's heads. So you've got almost this infinite capacity that's going on inside your mind. Now, it's no coincidence, in, in my view, that people's passions are different. So some people are really care about the environment. Some people really care about the technical stuff. Some people really care about music. Like, like with that deep passion, where, where on earth does that come from? So everybody's intrinsically got some sort of leaning already, and they know what that is. So if you think about those flow moments, the exercise we get our guys to do is first to start with energy. You know, what are the situations that have energized you? Because mm. that's how you start to uncover what your superpowers are. And then the ones that energized you, where did you actually feel in flow? Where did you feel totally connected to that moment? Time sort of slows down. You're totally in the moment. You're Again, this inner critic, this dorsolateral prefrontal cortex will calm down. So if your listeners are just thinking about reflect back, take even the last month. If you can do it in the last week, great. Maybe the last month, though. What are the situations where you felt totally energized? So make it a professional situation. You feel energized. You feel that flow. What were you actually doing in that moment? And that's a subjective thing. So then once you've got those actions you were doing, then you can look at the themes that come across them. So I always get it when I'm in a strategy session because we're putting, we put all these ideas down and I love sort of connecting, hey, this goes here and that goes there and that's related to this. And like, I can feel that energy when I'm doing it. Like, what about yourself? What, what are the moments that you feel, the situations where you feel totally energized? Literally this very moment. And I don't say that with irony or anything like that. As you were talking, I knew that um, last summer I launched the Hidden Entrepreneur brand with just a podcast, right? Because yep. I came to the table. Um, I was in a transition in life and I said, what do I want to be doing here? And put some pieces together. And I said, a podcast, an, a, a formal podcast will will do wonders for me. I love all this. Um, I, I love it. I'm good at it. I can continue to learn and grow. And I didn't see the full picture or the big picture. I said, you know what? I'm just going to get this underway. I know that I'll enjoy it. I know that I could perfect it along the way. I might be half decent at it. And I'll I trust that something will come of it and I'll keep my eyes open for opportunity, remain self-aware, but that's where my energy is, this kind of stuff. What is it? What is it about this moment that gives you that energy? What is it? Is it the connection? Is it Correct. uncovering things in people's heads? Like, what is it? It's, it's all of that. Well, um, I, I come from the acting and film space, right? I spent 15 years in New York as an actor, filmmaker. So that passion and desire that I don't do today in that arena, there's a lot of stuff here that still scratches that itch and fulfills that for me. So there's that, right? I like the performance of it. Um, I love connecting with people. That's why I don't do a solo podcast, which some people do. Um, I like the connection. I like business. I, I'm very curious. 
So this, this just taps into, I can ask any question I want. I'm going to ask good questions and um, satisfy this and hopefully, um, you know, bond with people along the way, the audience. So if you look at the superpowers like that in terms of your curiosity and your ability to connect with people, which you've definitely got, like you've got that energy. I think it, um, that it's another good thing that we're on video too. Sometimes I've done them in there, you know, it's just audio to audio. No but accident, right. It's the, yeah, it, exactly. And you've got, you can see that connection that you've got with people and you'll be able to put people at ease, I would imagine. I'd imagine you work a room quite well because you well, actually you. care about what is happening inside that person's head. I mean, I, as a coach, I care. I'm quite a hyper-functional person, so I'm quite demanding on top of people. And, but do you know what I mean? Like, if you understand, so my superpower, and you're, you're aligning, because if you go, your superpower is that curious, what, what is my superpower? I'm really curious about that. I really love connecting with people. I want to perform and engage. What should I do? Should I go and work at a computer in an office? Exactly. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying, man? Right. So you're on that path, yeah. and it's about understanding what they are. And if you reflect a bit more, you'll uncover, you know, more of them. There's probably around five or six I would take as, a, you know, your, your top superpowers and how to leverage them. Mm, this is fascinating. Can you share with us um, one of the, uh, just a, a nice big case study or progress, either from your own life or a client's life that you witnessed transforming this, this, this mindset so I think an interest, there's a couple of interesting ones that spring to mind. So one is about um, somebody who really struggled with the leadership. You know, they're um, quite isolated, um, quite controlling almost at times. So they, see, I don't, I don't really want to name check them because it's not fair to, you of know, course I not. I've got the permission or anything. But no. so they, they, they had a, a business, they started it from scratch. Um, a food business and they they were challenged at points when they were trying to grow because they just couldn't let go of this this sort of controlling perfectionism nature it's just what was part of like who they were at that point <clears throat> but what that meant was when people came on it wasn't that great a place to be because that person would like be very demanding and not connect with them enough because they just see them as, as resources mm. just that over time it was their willingness though to go, I know that something is wrong here. You know, I'm, I'm not doing the right thing. I can see that the energy in this team isn't working and I keep pushing people away. And so we just work together to say, well, what's actually going on there? And we uncover that whole thing. It is about this control and about this perfectionism and um, being able to just let things, let people learn, you know? Um, that was massive. And she's, she's doing so well, honestly. She's our, our product's... Products gone uh, European, um, just talking to some uh, big distributors. Yeah, doing doing exceptionally well. Another one, another one I'll give you as a quick one was that they spent six months on a, on a product that was basically focused on the wrong market. So they were selling to um, selling to hotel hotel rooms for disabled people they were selling the ad advertising their rooms to disabled people but the challenge around that was that the hotels didn't actually care whether they advertised to them or not they just want to advertise to everybody so actually what was going on was they were solving a problem that the hoteliers didn't have mm. and he was brave enough to pivot that and switch from that like you're six months in that's what i mean about that whole thing of connecting you and the idea if you cannot separate them then one can't fail without the other. 
And that's, that's really problematic in the early stages of entrepreneurship. So him being able to let that go, it's a bit of tough love on it. You know, hey, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at what's going on. But him being able to let that go. And actually, the problem was that it's disabled travelers had a real challenge with finding quality tours. Because it's okay to say, yeah, we're disabled friendly, but actually, are you as a hotel? Like, do you really understand what that means? And his business, again, absolutely flying. He's got international holidays going, um, going along. He does an amazing job of building his teams. He's really thinking strategically now. So it's all about these, uh, these levels that people go through. But again, it's these moments, isn't it, of what is it I need to let go? And that allows the growth to come in. Mm. What is it that I need to let go? Perfect. Mm. What, what is the mantra you live by today? Progress every day. Like those, these compound actions you referred to um, briefly. So we look at progress um, in terms of compound actions and 10x actions. So, you know, what's the, what's the big action that's really scary? Now, you could have a principle of we're trying to do a 10x every day. But I just think it pushes people too far into this anxiety zone, like that expectation that every day is going to be some miracle. I mean, what's interesting is your compound actions as you grow start to get bigger as well. But progress every day, regardless how small that is. So you will face, as an entrepreneur, there'll be times when you doubt what you're doing. Like I experience that as well. Do you know, I think I've never met any of them that, that don't. Um, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You know, you're going to have those moments of doubt. You're going to have those days where you just can't face it. But if you just think, what can I do for five minutes even? You know, what's the needle that I can move? And it doesn't even have to be the most important thing. You know, what's the needle that I can move today? So progress every day is, is a key thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's that then if I'm not in the mood or however that plays out, yeah. I go back to my, <laughs> right? I go back to my why and I look yeah. at that thing that gets me uh, with the butterflies in my stomach and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take an action. I can take one action because it's the only way it's going to get me closer to that why. Are you yes. spiritual or religious in any ways? I'm not, I'm not religious uh, at all, uh, but I do believe that um, humans are connected. There's no, there's like, there's just, there's no doubt, man. Like you walk into a room and you can feel an energy from it. I see somebody on the other side of the world that I'll never, that is no sort of utilitarian, you know, effect in my life. Um, and I, I can feel a connection with them. Um, so there's, there's something going on there, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not organized religious. I'm, yeah. I just believe in that energy between humans, that connection. I, I can't explain what it is, but it's definitely there. What do you believe happens when it's all over? When our time here on earth comes to an end? I don't, I don't really have the answer to that. The way that I think about that is that I just want the earth to be a better place than when I entered it. You know, I want to have played my part in making the earth a better place. I believe in humans. I mean, it's a, this, see, the religion is a, 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 you know, it's a hot topic, right? I mean, it's a difficult one for, I'm not, I don't want to like, offend, everyone's entitled to believe what they believe, right? But I think that um, believing in humanity puts that responsibility back on you. And it also means your motives are clean. Do you know, like the, the motive of, I'm not trying to please some deity or, somebody who's said that you should act in a certain way. Um, again, that's, this is just my, my perspective on it. I, I, I'm a humanist. I believe in humanity, and I believe there's so much more good than there is evil um, in the world. Wonderful. Well, why, do, why do you ask? 
Great question. Um, well, uh, if, if never been asked that before, if I'm going to, you mean what happens when it's all over? Well, that, but, uh, that, both. Yeah. I mean, like what, why ask about the religious and spirituality thing and what do you believe? Do you know? Well, great question. So um, what, I've, what I've learned early on about this show is it's not only uh, an entrepreneur business podcast, it's every bit of spiritual podcast and all that's involved with that. Uh, I say it's a, um, it's a spiritual podcast for business people. Uh, but this is the way it's packaged. So I do, um, I do like to get into some of those questions because I think it helps frame everything. I'm eternally fascinated by those questions. I'm, I spent uh, a long time fearing death. And um, I don't know if I'm completely, completely on the other side of that, but I am, I, I'm close to it. So um, just the whole thing really fascinates me about life and death and what it all means. And um, I love bringing people on and perhaps going places that you don't often get to go. And like I said, I'm curious and I'm perhaps easily fascinated by things. So this sort what, of- What do you think happens then? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I believe we are all, we are all energy of that. Um, so our, our energetic being, call it our soul, uh, sure. continues on whatever that means. I know that this conscious being is going to have no, no knowledge of what it is. So it just is. Uh, my body will remain here and buried and uh my my soul and energy will carry on and who knows do what it wants to uh talk to its spirit guides and come in and you know become another human that's that's fine i don't know perhaps maybe whatever that means fine yeah cool look i think that i think there is uh, human consciousness can't be explained by the physical like you just can't, right? I mean, I've, I've looked at this extensively and you can't. You can relate certain things, you know, like I talked about neurons, myelin and, and all of these sort of uh, how you construct your mindset and whatever else. And there are actually studies that show that you react before your consciousness does. But are, there's not enough of them to convince me of all of that. You know, that there isn't any free will, that you actually are just responding to whatever's happening around about you. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely the, this energy it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me that if the physical, when the physical body dies, that energy has to, something has to happen to it, right? Yeah. Well, I certainly um, don't believe that, um, you know, it's lights out, end of game, go home, we're done here. No, I believe that there is a part, the part that, that absolutely carries on. How? I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'm not sure, but it, but it carries on. It, it does things. It floats. It becomes part of all this. And um, who knows? What's so interesting is uh, my daughter, who's about to turn six in a month, so she's not quite six. She's five right now. She is beginning to understand that there is life and there is this thing called not life, death. So she's, you know, she's beginning to ask me, um, what happens when we die? Um, how does it happen? When does it happen? I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So tough, tough gig. Yeah, exactly. Tough, tough gig. So it's all good though. Yeah, yeah, I, I was actually, I'd, I, that's weird, I mean, again, because I have kids, I don't know when they start asking those those questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and my, my conversations can be quite intense for children as well. I don't really have another mode, you know, so I'm still like, 
Uh, so let's have a look at your performance report. Let's uh, expect <laughs> to be in Q4 of this year. Exactly. You know, what's your massive transformative purpose? I love uh, it. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you for uh, walking me through that. Um, help us wrap all this up for our listeners. With everything that we discussed today, what would you like the very next thing, the step, the action that they should take once they uh, stop listening today? So, man, it just depends like exactly where they are on that journey. Um, I, I, a massive, like I mentioned at the start, massive believer in that reflection. If you're not doing reflections, start on that. Just start by and, and go and look up. I mean, I won't list off questions, just search in the web. Look for some reflection questions that are actually going to work for you. But you have to understand where you're coming from as much as where you're going to. So reflections, vision. Have the vision down there. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Your vision is a moving feast anyway. Like once you get to that vision point, what are you going to do? Just stop? Of course not, right? There'll be another one. And it's the, that's the same as like um, this ideal self that we, we try and compare ourselves to all the time. You know, we look at this, uh, whatever that ideal self, this perfect self thing. But that's, that's, a, that's a moving target as well. You know, that's just a sense of direction. So reflections, get the vision work out what your um work out what your sort of your 10x and your compound actions are to work towards becoming that better self i think those those three are enough and because it you know it, it just depends where they are on their journey but yeah just just understand a bit more and be a bit more purposeful about your own mindset development and take a myers briggs test <laughs> I love how you said um, you um, you can't know where you, you can't see where you're going to if you don't know where you're coming from. So yeah. true. I will leave you then with this final question, Joe Trotten. How would you like to be remembered? I won my own equivalent of the Erdos number. I want the Trodden number as a guy who collaborated with loads of people across the world to help raise self-awareness and mindset development in all sorts of arenas this has been so fascinating did not disappoint i loved every minute of this dialogue i hope you did too so Indeed. good to have you here uh showing up and opening up and sharing everything you can with us today thank you joe thank you thank you very much josh really appreciate it Likewise, and I appreciate everybody tuning in, whether it's to this live broadcast or to the podcast in its native form, if it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, leave a review. I'd love to know what you think, uh, and we can take it from there. Thank you for showing up and tuning in. We're going to do it again real soon. Until we do, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.